Hi, this is Jeff. And this is Mariana. And we're professional storytellers who love books. Welcome to Fiction Friends. Where we take a deep dive into the most popular fiction titles in all of literature. From classic reads and old-time favorites. To modern romance and contemporary thrillers. Join us as we discover new ways to read, look at, and talk about books. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you stay up to date with every new release. Hi everyone! Welcome to a brand new season of Fiction Friends. I'm here with Jed. Hi! Welcome to season two! We're so excited to kick the season off and we've got a banger for you today. (laughs) (laughs) So today... We will be talking about one of the most popular books on Book Talk. Literally song... one of the most popular. Yes. <laughs> like intense. There's not a day I don't see it in social media. Exactly. Even on Instagram, Bookstagram. Yeah. And Bookstagram, even on Booktube. TikTok, and even on the Facebook groups that we're in. Somebody yeah. is constantly talking about this book. So yeah. So what? tell them what it is. The Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller. Yeah. So it's a mythical and romantic retelling of the Iliad. And Jet, do the yeah, honor. So, okay, so um, we start the show off usually for new listeners. We started off with a spoiler-free review and a spoiler-free summary uh, before we move into spoiler territory. So now let's just do the spoiler-free summary of the book. Don't worry, um, I won't be saying anything that isn't written on the back of the book. So yes. you'll, you're, you'll be safe. So. The Song of Achilles is a modern retelling of a classic Greek myth. The story is told from the perspective of a awkward and weak prince named Patroclus. He is exiled from his land after accidentally murdering a boy. And um, in his exile, he manages to spark a budding friendship with uh, one of well, the mightiest of all the Greeks, Mr. Prince Achilles, the greatest warrior in all of the kingdom. Uh, the book follows the story of these two friends as they train as uh, prospective warriors. Eventually, Agamemnon, King Agamemnon, calls on the Myrmidons, the army that Achilles commands, uh, the group of warriors that are led by Achilles himself, to participate in the war against Troy. And Achilles is torn between pursuing a life of lasting glory with the looming threat of his own doom and a quiet life at home with Patroclus and the people that he loves. So Achilles eventually, as we all know, decides to pursue glory and Patroclus has to decide what his role is going to be as Achilles uh, is on this path to glory as the greatest warrior in all of Greece. And essentially, that's the entire story of the book. And we get to follow the relationship between these two people and how they their characters evolve over time. And uh, I, I guess with that, we can dive right into how you feel about the book. Mariana, do you want to start? So the hype surrounding this book was insane. It was in yeah. every YouTuber's list of book recommendations. It was always popping out on TikTok. It's basically everywhere. So we just had to pick it up and start off with this novel. Not to yeah. mention it's been rated 4.41 on Goodreads. 4.41. Yeah. So of course, all that hype has caused me to up my expectations. Uh-huh. And as much as I wanted to love this book because of its ratings, the charm it brings, the impressive, poetic, beautiful writing i just feel very indifferent about it and we'll get to that as we go along interesting hold on before you continue your review can i ask you have you ever read the iliad by homer or the odyssey by homer i've read that when i was in high school but that was like a long time ago na. Right. and it was like so a you school don't... reading pagod. so you know how right. with school readings you don't really like take it, take it seriously. seriously yeah and then so i've seen troy how, also. how would you rate your knowledge of greek mythology like going into this book on a scale of one to ten probably like a four okay okay that's fair i mean just to give our listeners perspective on like on how well we were familiar with greek mythology mythology also okay go ahead in this book we get to see achilles through Mm -hmm. the eyes of patroclus yeah (laughs) who is the son of king Menoi, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Menoides. Yeah, Yeah. Menoides. He is exiled from his home and was fostered with Achilles. So at first, I thought this was going to be Achilles' point of view. Like, I thought 
that mm-hmm. I didn't read the back of the book. When I got this, I didn't read the back of the book. So I always thought that it was going to be from the perspective of Achilles. So Same. First, I didn't know that it was, it was going to be but, Patroclus. Yeah. yeah. But so I didn't at, even know Patroclus was going to be in the story. Oh my God. I, well, yeah. I already knew he was. But yeah. <laughs> so the book starts from when they were kids, slowly mm. developing into the men they're supposed to be. And because of Miller's roller coaster of a character development, you grow attached to the characters. And this is why people admire the book because they've fallen in love with the characters as well as grown mad to some. Mm-hmm. So although this is a mythology retelling is that how you're supposed to say it mythology retelling of Achilles adventure with his mate Patroclus it's not intimidating as it sounds as characters are also listed at the back of the book so there's a character glossary that will keep you in check so if you've seen Troy or know about the whole Achilles story this book is just as exciting especially when characters are reintroduced to you so if this is your first encounter of Achilles, you don't have to worry as characters and events are fleshed out well in this novel. So, do you have do you have a rating that you want to give the book right now, or oh do you want to save that for later? I mean, like, okay, I can just say it now. Okay. I feel like I, I mean, I would give it a three point nine. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, but it's not four point four. Yeah, but it's not bad. Like, how are you gonna rate that? I'm gonna rate mine four point five, and here's why. I have to be honest. The total extent of my knowledge of Greek mythology going into reading this book was limited to the 2004 movie Troy, which I've seen probably more than a dozen times. I'm so obsessed with that movie. I watched it again last night (laughs) in preparation for this podcast. (laughs) Uh, But I just wanted to use it as an excuse to rewatch the movie. I just love that movie so much. I know that it's not technically a good film, but it's so filled with male bravado and violence and (laughs) machoism and like all of those that all of that energy and Brad Pitt's overall physique and aura in that movie is like everything I aspire to be as a man. <laughs> yeah, I, I was totally captivated by Troy the movie and I was excited and Achilles in particular uh, captivated me as a watcher of the movie. Number one, because I'm a huge Brad Pitt fan and yeah. And the other being Achilles is a very interesting character in himself. So he's a guy who's obsessed with pursuing glory. He's become obsessed. Yeah, he's become obsessed. And knowing that I was so obsessed with this character because of of his portrayal in the movie, I I was eager to see how Madeline Miller would portray portray him him. in the book. And, you know, and his role in the Trojan War. Um, right off the bat, let me just say that the book did not disappoint me. I was greatly okay. uh, en- enjoyed. I-, I loved it so much. I'm giving it a 4.5 out of 5, as I've said. And I mean, let's get the obvious out of the way. Madeline Miller knows her Greek mythology. Like, this girl uh, yeah, like knows what she's writing. Yes. Yeah. And it's it's so evident in the way that she writes her characters because there's a confidence in the nuance of her character development that tells you that she's that that she put a great deal of time and effort into really studying yes. these characters and developing their story arcs. Everyone felt so intentional and methodically crafted. I can't say for sure how faithful she was to the source material. Again, I haven't read yes. more, the you Iliad haven't, or the Odyssey. The Iliad, no. Okay. Uh, it's only Troy. That's the only reason I know about the Greek myth. It's only Troy. Um, oh, you haven't read the Percy Jackson series? I've read that, by the way. Not either. No, no not. I mean, I saw the Hercules cartoon, if that counts. Also. I think that's why I enjoyed Cersei more than this book. Really? Cersei is oh, the cause... same author. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, by the way, we're coming out with a review of Cersei also. Also, like, yeah. this Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I, again, I can't say for sure how faithful she was to the source material, but whatever the case, I'm very happy with most of the choices that she made. In mythology, it's very easy for people to feel intimidated because of the vastness of the worlds and the fact the that there are so many characters. Many, yeah, exactly. There are so That's many why characters you need a glossary. <laughs> But you won't have to worry about that with this book because yeah. ultimately the story centers around two people. It's really just Patroclus and Achilles and there happens to be other people along the way that you meet, of course, what would be Greek mythology without these supplementary characters. But yes. the way that, that Madeline Miller wrote them, 
just because they weren't central in the story doesn't mean that they were shallow, they were boring, or that they were poorly developed. Um, on the contrary, I found many of the supplementary characters to be really well crafted. And yes, uh, especially Agamemnon. Yeah, like and a lot of their subplots Thetis. and story arcs. Thetis? Yes, exactly. Her yeah. character development in particular, like amazing. Was amazing. Yes, yeah, yeah. I would have so to point like, that out. Yes. Yeah. It's like subplot story arcs, like they were very engaging. They were full of depth. But, you know, even despite that, Miller was able to write these characters in such a way that they didn't demand too much of your energy or too much of your attention. They did what supporting characters were supposed to do. They supported the story. Yeah. And the story arcs in particular of the two main characters, Patroclus and Achilles. On the last season of Fiction Friends, we closed the season out by talking about The Great Gatsby, yes. which was essentially a story about ambition that was masquerading as a love story. Yeah. But I found that with this novel, it's the opposite. It masquerades as a story about glory and ambition, but it really is a love story. And oh, yeah. I think it is. For me, that's the whole vibe that I got. That's the central theme of the book. It was evident yeah. all throughout. It, it was a love story. Yeah, it was. And it's very rare for me to like love stories. I think this might be my favorite love story in the novel form ever. I'm not sure. I'll have to, yeah. I'll have to rethink that. Miller's prose, which we haven't touched on yet. You know, we, neither of us have yes. touched on it. It's just so worthy of praise. It's just as worthy of praise as the characters that she writes about. Yes. There was a certain rhythm to her writing that so aptly matched the emotionality of specific scenes. Like happy scenes were written with light and playful tempos. The war and the violence was written with cold harshness and like a sense of finality. The romantic scenes read like I was listening to a ballad. Sad scenes were written with a pen that carried the weight of yes. the entire universe like on its shoulders. Uh, I know I'm completely gushing over this book. If I were to find a fault with it, maybe I would say that a lot of the build-up was kind of dragging just a little bit. Mm -hmm. But the emotional payoff, I think, was worth it. I really have to nitpick in order for me to find out what I don't like about this book because there's very little. And I feel like it was such a fulfilling, fulfilling reading experience for me. And I'm, I, I actually messaged you that I want to borrow your Cersei book because yes, I want to read more yes. of her work. And yeah. I don't know, this... I'm I'm hoping Cersei will be just as good as this because this was a great treat. If you like Greek myth, you will enjoy Cersei more because really? it's more Greek myth than this. This is yeah, but I think I know. Sorry, I think I like Song of Achilles because, because I love like the Troy. Achilles character. Yeah, because yeah, I love and you Troy. Love Troy. That's why. Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm eager you're... to see how Cersei is going to make me feel knowing that it's beyond the movie. It's beyond Troy, the movie. It's beyond yes. Achilles. So it's going to yeah. be a different. Yeah. yeah, but I, I I believe in her skill as a writer. Like I'm confident. By the way, I think this is going to be the first time we're going to feature the same writer twice in a season. Twice, season. yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, good on you, Madeline Miller. You you, you exactly. got a first time. <laughs> yeah. So what else do you have to say about the book? So I've noticed that this author has been creating unwanted main characters because in her other book, Cersei, Cersei was also unwanted. Just what like do you Patrick mean unwanted? Was. Like. Uh, like Discarded their parents, people. Yes, their parents yeah. didn't really like them. Marginalized. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but but you know, like they're in a good place. Like Cersei hit her dad was a god, and then Patroclus, um, king. King. So yeah. they're in a good place, but mm -hmm. their parents they don't like their kids. Yeah. And and yeah, so you can smell daddy issues a mile away, which was upsetting. So there was a plateau in the book, and I found a part of it dragging, a couple. A couple, especially yeah. when. They were on their way to Troy when everyone's mm -hmm. like when everyone's living in their tents. I was about to spoil there, but never mind. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so when everyone's living in their tents and characters, soldiers started complaining how long the war has been, and I felt it too. Yeah. Madeline writes so well that even I was exhausted just by reading yeah. it. I also felt tired. So the yeah. romantic scenes were wholesome and they were not cringy at all, which is what I admire because we're not here to cringe. So you could really yeah. feel the adoration, yeah. the love being palpable throughout the scenes. She was able to write the love scenes so passionately without yeah. it being graphic. Yeah, and which is hard. Right? Yes, yes, yes. When you talk about passion, it us it's usually really hot and heavy and very, you know, graphic. Yeah, yeah. But, but she was able one... to evoke the same emotions without 
without the graphic. And then she Very would well say done. lines like, "He smiled and his face was like the sun." Like I it's love not, that. it's not, it's not cringy. And then yeah. another one would be, "We reached for each other, and I thought of how many nights I had lain awake in this room, loving him in silence." Like it's oh, so, yeah. you know, like it, it. I don't know. I I like how she writes. Yeah. Romance. She's a great writer. Like, it's very, it's very classic writing. It's it's yeah. very old school. It's very fundamentally sound, and there's a flair to her writing that's so. It's 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 you so hard to, to replicate. You have to read it. Yeah, yes. it's it, you just have to read it. You have to read it to understand. It's so hard to put into words just how words, well yeah. written this book is. Uh, I wish I had Madeline's skill and. <laughs> explaining <In writing. laughs> how well this book is but yeah um there are certain moments and there are certain dialogues that in the hands of another writer i could envision them being really cringy yeah like really like you <laughs> like you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, we won't name names but <laughs> certain writers but yeah. with madeline like it was so highbrow but also accessible yes like, i love i love that i love yeah, that about not... her writing Something that you need to really focus on to be able no. to understand. Yeah, no, it's, so it's, it's like a, it's, an easy read. It's but not a metaphor heavy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So although I did not adore the book, I would still mm-hmm. recommend it to other people. It's just that yeah. in my reading experience, I did not feel as heartbroken. I was more of disgusted and annoyed with the characters, which made okay. me just want to get it over with. Yeah. That once I put down the book, I didn't even have a moment of silence as we think about the book. And what just happened situation. I yeah. didn't get that. When I yeah. finished the book, I was like, okay, good night. That was it for me. And then I was waiting for the rip your heart to pieces moment. And that did not happen for this one. And there so are so many lessons. You. Yeah. There okay. are so many lessons to learn here through Achilles. Achilles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this book dives into themes like love, friendship, and war. So if you're a fan of retellings, historical fiction, and romance, then this is a book you might probably enjoy. Yeah. So who huh. do you think is this book for? I think it's a great for anyone who's just looking for good a, book to read. a good easy read. Like yeah. you want a safe book that you know it you're going to enjoy. It might not necessarily blow your mind, but it's yes. going to be worth the read. It's the worth read. your time. Entertaining, yes. Yeah. And I think it can span different tastes like i'm not usually into romance exactly. stories but i loved this book yeah i i love how it was written because she was able to inject a lot of that the stuff that i love about greek myths like the the heroes and the war and you know all of that i loved all of I that like i like the gods I like that lore. yeah the gods the and part, everything all the of that heroes yeah Yes. Yeah. I mean that's the great thing about mythology because it there it, there are so many layers to it and exactly. it appeals to so many people. I don't know, I I really can recommend this to anyone who wants to read. Like maybe maybe high school old high school and older. I think yeah. you would you would be able to appreciate this book. And then a little trigger warning, a little long. Yeah. So tr- trigger warning. There are talks of like you know rape and rape human and sacrifice stuff like that oh it's, my god it, it's not uncommon in greek mythology yeah. to talk about that stuff anyway that, yeah. so so just so, i mean if you're triggered by things like that then um just just know that there's a lot of that not a lot but there's some of that in this book yeah so do you want to move on to the context sure let's talk about the context surrounding this book so it's a new york times bestseller obviously um, however, 2018, I think, was when Cersei was released. I'm not sure. So, it's, uh, uh, so Song was released. Song of Achilles was uh, released in 2012. Yeah, so before it's her Cersei. first novel. Yeah. It's, Miller, it's Miller's first no novel. No way, first yeah. novel first ever. Novel, debut novel, and wow. it's right. It's really impressive. Yeah. <laughs> Knocked it right out of the park. Yeah, exactly. First try. Okay. Um, and then it, I think it experienced a resurgence in terms of its um, selling performance when Cersei came out. And then apparently it became trending again this year when people started talking about it a lot on TikTok, on BookTok yeah. in particular. So it's starting to show up on bestseller shelves again. Yeah. Um, so it, it won 2012's The the Women's Prize for Fiction, which is a big deal. Yeah. Uh, the 
considering it's you know her first book the stonewall honor book uh american library association um it was shortlisted for stonewall's writer of the year and the uk independent bookseller award again it's miller's debut novel she has a ba and a ma from for classics from brown university so this is really her area of expertise like this is her field uh, she read Homer's Iliad and Odyssey in the original Greek language, Mariana. So she <laughs> so can she literally... Had to, she had to learn Greek she, or she was knows she Greek? How to, she knows how to speak Greek. She, was, she had to learn to speak Greek in order for her to read the original text. So she can effectively translate the story the way that Homer wrote it. So it's not... She didn't read it from a translation. She's... She read it straight from the source. <laughs> yeah. So um, the Song of Achilles, Man. she says, it took her 10 years to write. After five years of writing, she discarded the first manuscript and started fr- uh, started fresh with it. And yeah, that's all I know about the book. So far, I don't... There are no talks of any movies or whatever. I feel like there are so many movies about the Trojan War already. I think that's why yeah. that's not being made. However, I know that Cersei is in production. For something. Wait, are you serious? I'm not sure if it's a movie or a TV series, but I know that there's something Madeline in the works Miller? for Cersei. Madeline yeah. Miller Cersei? Yeah, Madeline Miller Cersei. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be interesting. Yeah, so again, we're doing a, a review of Cersei also within the week. Mariana's going to release it, um, her five-minute review Sunday. for the book. I'm also eager to pick up Cersei in the future. I want to read it yes. as well. So yeah, I guess that concludes our context surrounding the book. And um, that also concludes the spoiler-free portion of the podcast. So if you haven't read the book, you might want to cut it out right now. Although yeah. if you're if you're the kind of person who is okay with spoilers, then just continue listening. We're going to take a break and then we'll be right back. This concludes the spoiler-free portion of the episode. If you haven't read the book or if you plan on reading it in the future, then come back and join us for the conversation in the second part. back to the second part of this episode so if you're here yeah. and you just want to know what happens yeah. do you want to tell them how it unfolds like you know briefly? what i feel like a lot of people who even people who haven't Oops. read the book are practically familiar with the trojan war story already like exactly. they know how it turns out so i feel like there are a lot of people who haven't read the book who are here right now <laughs> listening <laughs> to us anyway because they know how it turns out but yeah so yeah do you want to do you want to give the spoilers okay so the difference between this and the other well this is a, a retelling so they changed it up a bit and made Achilles gay was he ever gay okay so I, I did my research on this because, yeah. again, the only extent of my knowledge on the was story Troy. was Troy. In Troy, he is not gay. And Madeline Miller says that in Homer's original telling of the story, it wasn't explicitly mentioned that he was gay. However, there were undertones of a romantic relationship between Patroclus and Achilles. And Miller says she actually stole the idea of them being romantically entangled from Plato, who was a big fan of Homer's Iliad and Odyssey. So it was Plato who originated the whole theory about Achilles and Patroclus being romantically involved together. So that's where she got that from. So now we will be talking about our favorite lines or quotes. Favorite quotes, and there are a bunch because Madeline Miller is so good. Yeah. But expect this to be kind of mixed up with our moments. favorite moments as yeah. well. Yeah. So yeah. So we'll be talking about quotes first and then moments and then our final thoughts. Yeah. So I have five. I have five here. The first one, this is not my favorite quote, but a line that was inserted seamlessly every time. And it was the same line that bit Achilles in the back and it was Why would I kill Hector? What yeah. was what has Hector ever done to me? Yeah. And then poof, Hector kills Patroclus. Yeah. <laughs> and then he dies. Thinking There's it a was... lot of blatant foreshadowing in this book. <laughs> yes, I was gonna say that. <laughs> yeah. Because he thought it was Achilles the entire time. So whose fault really is it? So the reason yeah. why I was more angry than sad was because the situation could have been so easily avoided. Yeah. <laughs> As usual, everything was too little too late and there were a, mm. bunth- a bunch of foreshadowing here. From the beginning, when Patroclus' dad sees Achilles and says that that is what a son should be. Do you remember that line? 
yeah, the yeah, first yeah, part yeah. when the dad in the, of the race when they were yeah, at in the, the race. race. Yeah, and then yeah, he yeah. said that is what the son oh, should be. I forgot that was the that first time he this. ever saw Achilles. Yeah. yeah. But I super love it. And when I would spot a foreshadowing, like how Achilles was also bound to kill someone's firstborn. Because in this story, the reason why Patroclus is was exiled is because he accidentally kills a kid yeah. who bullied yeah. him. He accidentally yeah. so he pushes him. Because yeah. he said something so mean, he pushes yeah. him, and then he falls to his death because his head hits a rock. Yeah, so let me just um, connect that with my second quote, yeah. which was, it was not murder that had exiled me. It was my lack of cunning. Yeah, because he realized that he could have lied and everything. Lied about it, you know? And yeah. then the dad also was expecting him to lie about it because I remember yeah. when he admitted it the dad was like oh my oh, god idiot. yeah like that's why like yeah. he thought that this guy could never be a king because he was yeah. too nice and it was yeah it, it, <laughs> and that line entirely paints a picture of what Patroclus is a naive kid whose heart's so big he can only love so yeah do you wanna like pull out a quote before I do my third quote sure I have a quote I put it in here just to illustrate how well Madeline Miller writes. <laughs> um, what is this? Achilles nodded and bent over the lyre. I did not have time to wonder about his intervention. His f- fingers touched the strings and all my thoughts were displaced. The sound was pure and sweet as water, bright as lemons. It was like no music I had ever heard before. It had warmth as a fire does, a texture and weight like polished ivory. It buoyed and soothed at once. A few hairs slipped forward to hang over his eyes as he played. They were fine as lyre strings themselves and shone. <laughs> the the figures of speech in that entire segment, I think there were like five. And she was able to cram it all so seamlessly into one, one yeah. condensed paragraph that didn't sound overdone. It didn't sound overwritten. It all just sounded it sounded like a song, essentially. It, like it read like a song. And it's it's not just in that one segment. It's it's constant throughout the entire yes. book from beginning to end. It's like that. That's why and that's it's how a the fun entire read, book reads. Which yeah. makes it a fun read. Yeah. Um maybe I can share another one that has yes, a little yes, more yes. weight other than the fact that it sounds good. <laughs> um so <laughs> It's a description of Achilles' nature and it gives us a glimpse into because Achilles is a very he starts off as a very closed off person. You don't get a good sense of who he is. Like in the really? at the start of you the book. That? I felt like um he was trying to portray himself a certain way at first. Especially when <laughs> when Patroclus and him didn't have that relationship yet. Because you know, we're seeing everything from Patroclus's perspective Bias, anyway. Yes. Yeah, I found so, him so friendly though, like instantly friendly. <laughs> I guess, yeah, yeah. No, he, I mean, he was friendly. Yeah, that's true. He was friendly, but we didn't get to see the side of him that's like the hero, the the yeah. mighty Achilles, right? And he was a child. Th- this was a quote. It's a conversation between Odysseus and Patroclus, right? And yeah. May I give you some advice? If you are truly his friend, you will help him leave the soft heart behind. He's going to Troy to kill men, not rescue them. His dark eyes held me like a swift running current. He is a weapon, a killer. Do not forget it. You can use a spear as a walking stick, but that will not change its nature. Nature, yeah. Oh my god. Like, I wrote that down. That was so good, right? Like, yeah. Oh. So yeah, I mean essentially it's Madeline Miller <laughs> feeding us what Achilles truly is. He's a killing machine. He was born, he was to made be, yes. to, to kill, to take life. He was born to be that warrior and I love how that was written so much. Yeah, You can use a spear as a walking stick but that will not change its nature. Like, oh, that line is so good. <laughs> okay, you want to go next? The next one is, well, this isn't really a quote or a line. This is just a line from a book. So, I watched a boy fumbling at the girl's dress. The dull look on her face as she poured his wine, I did not wish for such a thing. So it was Patroclus who said this. Yeah. And as he watched some of the me- of the men in the table take advantage of the woman, as usual in a setting like this. And this makes me love Patroclus even more because of his mad respect for women. And it shows like the way he rescued Briseis. Briseis, yeah. And... The way he inserts little comments here and there about girls. And he's yeah. the only character in the book who respects women. Yeah. And, Even and he, Thetis, yeah. he respects and, her. 
And he's scared of her. He's frightened by her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even I was frightened by her. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, like, he's such a gentle, kind-hearted Creature. person. Yes. Yeah, like, you just want to take care of him. And I, I was on his side the whole time. Like, it's so hard to root against a guy like Patroclus, no? But there's something so endearing about this character. Yeah, except that yeah. he was a pushover. Except like, that ugh. he was a pushover, which, which like... You know, it, it makes, makes him like the underdog and everything. Yeah. Which 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 will lead me to like one of the great moments of the book, which I wanted to get into later on, like a, a side of him that I didn't know would come out, but we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah, mm. do you have another one? Yeah. So this quote is something I will take with me everywhere I go now, and it is from the centaur. He was a centaur, right? Yeah. Um Chiron? Uh, Chiron. Chiron. Yeah. So he said it to Patroclus and it goes do not let what you gain this day be so easily lost. Like, yeah, mm. that's such a useful quote for someone who flips out over minor inconvenience. <laughs> uh, I, I, I also want to share my, my next quote. It's yes, also from Chiron. It's also from Chiron, so I just want to insert it there. It's a foreshadow. Again, it's a, there's so many foreshadowings in this book. There is no law that gods must be fair, Achilles, Chiron said. And perhaps it is the greater grief, after all, to be left on earth when another is gone, do you think? <gasps> yeah! Yeah. I like that. I listed that down. And then Achilles said, perhaps. So like, it's again, it's it's a foreshadowing of what Achilles would have to go through having yeah. Patroclus being killed before him, even though the prophecy was for him to be the one who dies, right? Yeah. I think there was also a, a part of the book where, was it Briseis who said that you are the best of all the Greeks to Patroclus? And you know how the prophecy was like, the best of their Greeks will die and something like that. Oh, I didn't, I didn't. Yeah, I don't. I, I didn't it was see very, that. it was very subtle, but like I, I think I caught that. I, I just can't pinpoint which actual page. Um, there's this one particular moment wherein I feel like it. I think it was the first time I, f- I felt Achilles allowing himself to be more vulnerable with Patroclus. When was this? So I'll just read the entire segment. So Achilles says, "His eyes opened. Name one hero who was happy." I considered. Heracles went mad and killed his family. Theseus lost his bride and father. Jason's children and new wife were murdered by his old. Bellerophon killed the Chimera but was crippled by the fall from Pegasus' back. You can't. He was sitting up now, leaning forward. I can't. I know. They never let you be famous and happy. He lifted an eyebrow. I'll tell you a secret. Tell me. I loved it when he was like this. I'm going to be the first. He took my palm and held it to his. Swear it. Why me? Because you are the reason. Swear it. I swear it, I said, lost in the high color of his cheeks, the flame in his eyes. I swear it, he echoed. And that was like the first time that Achilles like really opened himself up to Patroclus in such an intimate and vulnerable way. And that, again, that that's a good example of a scene like in the hands of another writer it would be so like, ew, <laughs> that's yeah. so cringe. But like the way that Madeline wrote it here, I found myself like, oh, <laughs> you know, like, wow, that was so good. Yeah. That was so well written. I love that scene. So that was one of your favorite, yeah. favorite scenes. So, so let me preface by saying that I've seen Troy read the Iliad back in school, but I don't really remember most of mm-hmm. it. So some yeah. scenes still shocked me. Uh-huh. And one of them was when Agamemnon's kid's head was cut off. Like, I was so shocked. Like, what <laughs> the heck? Was your sacrifice? Yeah. Like, yeah. I did not see that coming. Like, yeah. you know, this. That the... wasn't in Troy. That wasn't in Troy. So I didn't see that coming either. So, like, there are scenes like that that just pop up. <laughs> yeah. And then they're so, like, they're so. Nonchalant. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, I remember the first one was when Thetis was raped, like, when yeah. she was divergenized, and I was like, oh my god, like, yeah. it was still the first, and it was, like, graphic yeah. like that, so there are also yeah. graphic scenes that are yeah. super, like, direct to the point, like, that yeah. one, and... So casually mentioned. <laughs> yeah, casually mentioned, that's what I meant. So um, I think my favorite, so this is the the only thing I'm gonna be mentioning. I okay. think my favorite scene would have to be when Thetis gave up on Achilles because I was so pissed at him because of what he allowed to happen. With the so war. When, with the war and everything okay. and all his honor his and apathy all. apathy and everything. Yeah. yeah. So mm. when even his mom gave up on him, I was like, yes, you're giving up on the right child now. And, and she chose to focus on Achilles' <laughs> child. 
which was so useless. Name. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah, he was a monster. But he ended up being a douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> <in the> <laughs> like he was such a yeah. monster. I like that scene. Yeah. Because the, it was like all this time she was prepping up her kid for this fame and honor yeah. and all. But he was wasting it because he was being so Bratty. obnoxious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like so that's when so I was so happy when Thetis gave up on him because like like good. Yeah. I like how you brought up Thetis because her story arc is very interesting. So she she's a goddess who is impregnated. Yeah, she's a sea nymph. So she's impregnated, but Zeus doesn't want the child to be a threat to him. So they force Achilles to be raised by mortals. So he's part mortal. And so like with that, you know, Thetis is forced to have a child that she didn't want in the first place. And all she wants is for her child to be a god also. So she wants him to, you know, do the whole war thing and pursue glory and all of that. And here's Achilles letting his pride get the best of him and just like refusing to fight and participate in the war and so Thetis is like okay I'll just abandon you and focus on this other child but then yeah. towards the end like at the very end at the very end when Thetis decides to because throughout the book Thetis hates Patroclus she hates the fact that Achilles is in love with the mortal she hates that Patroclus is like who he is essentially he, yeah. he, he she hates Patroclus and in the end, it's her who's responsible for allowing Patroclus and Achilles to reunite in the underworld and, you know, uh, have their souls meet after life. And I don't know, yeah. I like I like that that her that's how her story arc turned out. Like I like yeah. that it was her who allowed Patroclus to rest peacefully in the end. Yeah, it was yeah. like the what do you call that? The closure. It's like when you full circle. <laughs> approval. That's the yeah. approval that everyone waits when yeah. they're courting somebody. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. it's like the same yeah. approval yeah. for this one. Yeah. Okay, so I have a few moments actually that I want to bring up. Number one is uh, Hector's introduction to the book, the first time we see him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that scene also when he was introduced. That was epic. Yeah, right? So. All along the line, rowers jammed their oars into the water to slow our approach. The men on the beach were undoubtedly soldiers, all dressed in the dark crimson of the house of Priam. A chariot flew along their ranks, churning up sand. The man in it wore a horsehair helmet, and even from a distance, we could see the strong lines of his body. He was large, yes, but not as large as Ajax or Menelaus. His power came from his carriage, his perfectly squared shoulders, the straight line of his back, arrowing up to heaven. This was no slouchy prince of wine halls and debauchery, as Easterners were said to be. This was a man who moved like the gods were watching. <laughs> Every gesture he made was upright and correct. There was no one else it could be but Hector. Like, yeah! How? What the, like, how? I, name a more epic introduction to a character in a book. <laughs> like, that was like super hyped up, super hyped man. Madeline Miller. Yeah. <laughs> like you really hyped Hector up. Like yeah. I love that introduction. Yeah, and then right after that, Achilles does his whole iconic th- throw of the spear from a long distance that nobody else can throw except for Achilles. Like uh, Yes. Uh, he never had the chance. I did not see Achilles move, but I heard it. The whistle of the air and his soft exhalation. <laughs> the spear was out of his hand and flying across the water that separated our deck from the beach. It was a gesture only. No spearman could throw half so far as an arrow could fly. It would fall well short. It did not. Like, oh my gosh. Like, Madeline Miller writes so well. Like, I th- like that scene, there's a scene in Troy. They, they, they did that scene in Troy where like um, Brad Pitt is standing on the, the Temple of Apollo and he throws yes. the spear really far and he hits the guy that uh, Hector is riding with. And I didn't know that maybe it was something that really happened in Homer's original Iliad. But I love the way that Madeline Miller wrote that scene into here. And it was so well written and it gave me goosebumps reading it. Do you have anything else? No, I don't. Okay, so I, I guess it's just me from here on out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. And then me agreeing. <laughs> um, there's this one. What do you think of how Achilles reacted when... Uh, Patroclus asked him uh, well broached the topic to him about Briseis and Patroclus having a baby together because Achilles wasn't happy with that idea do you remember? yeah but then I think like he kind of realized that because he had a 
child also with Diomede. I forgot the girl's Diomedes. name. Diomedes. Diomedes. Yeah. So since they both have like a child together, so he was like, you know what? It sounds about fair. Yeah. Briseis is such an interesting character also because she just happened to like walk into their lives and then she became like a huge part of Patroclus' life. And yeah. she's, I think like she's, there is a part where she accuses Achilles of not, of, of taking Patroclus for granted, like towards the end when Patroclus, I remember that. And like, I think she's the one, she's the only character in the entire book who saw Patroclus for what he really was aside from Achilles. Like everyone just saw Patroclus as like Achilles's what fuck buddy <laughs> or oh my love god interest. <laughs> love interest like that's essentially how everyone else saw him right saw him, nobody yeah, exactly, nobody took yeah. him seriously in that book until except for the... briseis yeah and yeah and until that scene which i want to bring up now that scene where patroclus impersonates achilles um okay so there's a segment wherein like achilles he's he's broaching the idea with to achilles of how like he wants to be the one to lead the myrmidons into battle because troy has decided to attack the beach and yeah. like greece is losing the war and achilles still doesn't want to fight so patroclus says patroclus says okay but so let me just wear your armor and then let let them think that I'm. Uh, you're leading them, even though you're not necessarily fighting. That way, your pride still stays intact. And so Achilles is like, "Yeah." And throughout that whole moment, when Achilles is dressing him up in his armor, and Madeline Miller was writing that sequence so beautifully, I, that was the first time in the book that I started getting teary-eyed because I knew what was really? going to happen. Because just because I knew what was going to happen, like this was Patroclus doing everything that he could to preserve Achilles's glory and his his image and his pride and so he's willing really... to put himself in harm's way and i was like oh my god and i know what's going to happen to you and it's so sad that, that you're doing this for someone it's so, like, it's so funny though like how we're why? both looking at this particular scene in like two yeah. different lenses like how, how did you like how did you see it me i was just like how do i say this in indifferent in, like are you just how do i in? how do i say this in i know english what? Like, mabagda. Tanawa? Like that. Uh, okay, so like, uh, you deserve it. Something like yeah, that. like I was just waiting <laughs> for it because I was so mad at Achilles that for a moment I was wait, like, wait. you know like, what? Uh, you were you're mad at Achilles and not Patroclus. No, yeah, I was mad at Achilles. Like, uh-huh. look at this. Like, you, you know, like you deserve Patroclus' death. Like the heartache mm, from Patroclus' death, you deserve yeah. that. Because yeah. look at what you did, you know. Like, yeah. is it really, is it really Hector who killed Patroclus, or was it Achilles? Because for me, it, it was Achilles. Period. Mm, like he shouldn't like, have been in that position to begin with. Yeah, like Mark. Yeah. Oh my God! So yeah. that's why I was like, because so annoyed. he swore, but uh, Achilles swore to Patroclus, like, "I'll protect you the whole time." Remember, like before they left for Troy, because Patroclus was scared because he had to. Patroclus had to do it because he swore the oath. Remember. And then Achilles is like, I'll oh, yeah. protect you. Yeah. So like Achilles promised to protect him and whatever. So yeah. I don't know. I got I really got teary eyed reading that moment and like I felt so bad for Patroclus. But I was so happy when he started killing people. Like he was the one who killed um that giant. I forgot his name. Uh, one of the great warriors of from Troy also. Uh. I forgot. Uh, His name escapes me at the moment, but he was like a badass on the battlefield. Like he was throwing spears, and and I love the way that Madeline Miller was writing it. Like um, Patroclus was like, "I'm channeling Achilles. I feel like I am him. Like the spear feels light in my arm, and like everything, just as Achilles would be, and like everything like that." Yeah, I loved. I loved that part. It made me feel so happy for that moment for Patroclus, even though I knew what was going to happen to him. And yeah, um, which brings me to my last uh, favorite moment. I don't know. There's, there's, there's a. Before I get to the final, to the ending, before I get to the ending, I want to talk about Achilles' death because you know the the urban legend of how Achilles, you know, he was, he has only one weakness, which is his heel. Yeah. So in the, in the book, he's, he's pierced by Paris's arrow in his torso. And actually, that was a conscious choice that Madeline Miller made because apparently we too threw it again. Paris, right? Paris, Paris. Yeah. yeah. The um the uh, the arrow, brother, the bow and yeah. arrow. Yeah, Hector's brother. So because that's what Paris is good at, archery. Yes. Yeah. So um, Madeline Miller says she made the conscious choice to make it that way because that's actually how Homer wrote it. 
there was no concept of an Achilles heel in so, the original oh. Iliad. So it just happened like a full like a thousand years after the Iliad was published. Yeah. Like um a bunch of like maybe I don't know <laughs> olden days fan fiction started coming out about how um Thetis uh, raised Achilles as a baby. Uh, she heard the prophecy about Achilles dying in the Trojan War, so she wanted to protect him, and she dipped him into the river Styx while holding him by his heels. So every every part of his body was blessed with that holy water, except for his heels, and that's why his heels <laughs> were the only vulnerable part of his body, which was depicted in the movie Troy, yeah. was which was where Paris was able to hit him with the arrow, which eventually caused him to die, to die. And, yes. and, and all of that. But apparently, the original Iliad, like the Achilles heel, it's not a thing. It's not. It's not a thing. It's it's fan fiction. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, um, so we learn I, new things every that day. That was only yeah exactly. That was something I learned only from reading this book. And I guess that's it. I think we can go to the ending, which I'm just gonna read it. I'm not gonna explain why it's good. I'm just gonna read it. She's, so this is the conversation between Thetis and um, Patroclus. And Patroclus is dead, like he's a spirit at this point. So, uh, I could not make him a god, she says, her jagged voice rich with grief. But you made him. She does not answer me for a long time, only sits, eyes shining with the last of the dying light. I have done it, she says. At first I do not understand, but then I see the tomb and the mark she has made on the stone. Achilles, it reads, and beside it, Patroclus. Go, she says. He waits for you. In the darkness, two shadows reaching through the hopeless, heavy dusk. Their hands meet and light spills in a flood like a hundred golden urns pouring out the sun. Ooh, okay. Thank you, Madeline Miller, for that amazing masterpiece. I loved it. That was a great way to end it. I did not, cr- I did not sob. I did not ugly cry. But you made me feel things. <laughs> <laughs> you made me feel things uh, and that's not easy to do for me so yeah well, what, what were you gonna add so one of the biggest one of my biggest questions while reading the book was how will the author transition once Patroclus dies so yeah. at first glance I thought perspectives would shift like yeah, I thought that same. it was going to be Patroclus and then when he dies like I was really looking for Achilles name I was like wait where wait is this like third person now like how is this going to go because usually it's like that right like it shifts to third person like that yeah i've read books like that anyway so or it bounces to another person person yeah 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 so i thought perspectives would shift yet she seamlessly was able to pull it off still making it patroclus perspective telling the crucial part of the story yeah yeah so for me that was like a really she she wrote it well yeah yeah, really cool thing yeah, so maybe we can move into our final thoughts about the book. So I still like Madeline's other book, Cersei, more because mm. I prefer reading about gods and witches and nymphs more than heroes and kings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this, I found the introduction of um, Song of Achilles more confusing and less gripping than Cersei. Mm. Okay. So this one, like the way it starts, I mean, it was a powerful start to be honest, now that I finished the entire book, but while I was reading it at that moment, I didn't feel like it was as gripping. Yeah. And so it, yes. did it give you the feels at all throughout any parts? Uh, No, it was like more of like mad. Frustration. Yeah, yeah. frustration more yeah. than heartbreak. Yeah. Okay. So in fairness to Madeline Miller, every time I read her books, this is so weird. Okay, this is like my last. Yeah. So, every time I read her books and I fall asleep while reading it, I always end up dreaming about it. Like, it continues in my dream. And then That's I wake cool. up and I'm like, oh my god, I fell asleep. So, yeah. it's like, even when I'm sleeping, like, I think about it. Which is, yeah, yeah it That's happened cool. to me in Circe. And uh-huh. then it happened to me also, Song of Achilles, the other day when I was reading yeah. it and then I fell asleep. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's a testament to how impactful her story is. Her stories is. are, yeah. yeah. For me, I think usually when we read about Greek myths, like Greek heroes, like Hercules, the the cartoon, or Troy, the movie, whatever. Yeah. Like it's always centered around the mighty heroes. It's centered around the strongest figures, and I love that Madeline took 
that took away. another approach. Yeah. She took another approach by focusing on Patroclus instead and how he's the central part of the story. He's the one whose story we're going to follow because I think like her messaging, the way that she positioned Patroclus in this book, like so many great things can be happening around you and you can be surrounded by people who are quote unquote great. greater, greater <laughs> yeah, than, than you. you. But that does not mean you don't have a role to play. Yes. And like that doesn't mean that like your ordinariness doesn't matter. There yes. is weight in being ordinary. There is a value in being who you are as a supplementary person, quote unquote, supplementary person to the greater people around you. Yeah. And I feel like more than anything, huh, not just finding value in ordinariness, there's actually beauty in ordinariness because Patroclus was such a beautifully written character who Amen. made my heart ache like a million times over reading this book. Um, I was so sad for him speaking so hopefully speaking so optimistically knowing yes. that it would not turn out good for him knowing that he would not get everything that he wanted and I, but I feel I, like he was like ready to die because he was so devoted he was like you know what if you're gonna die Achilles I wanna someone, die first yeah, yeah he kept on saying that like well, when Achilles goes I will not be here soon soon after yeah, that yeah but he yeah. little did he know that he was gonna he go, go first, first. yeah it makes me want to read the Iliad and Odyssey. Um, it makes me want to read Circe's. Uh, I've always loved Greek myths. I don't know why I haven't read the books. Um, I'm also particularly fond of Norse myths. And we go back I to Percy Jackson. <laughs> I don't think I'll give Percy Jackson a try. But Wait, it's really good, huh? <laughs> Oh, uh, fair. <laughs> okay, maybe if I have the time, maybe I'll pick up an audiobook <laughs> at least. But yeah. Uh, the Song of Achilles, great book. One of the one of my favorites of the year. I think it's a great way for us to start season one. Yes, so, definitely. Uh, I mean, sorry, a great way to start season two. Yeah, thank you everyone for your support so far. We wouldn't have made it to season two if it weren't for you guys. Yes. We're, we have a lot of fiction friends who are coming to join us this season. We're very excited to have guests on the show. Yeah, we have three. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe more. Around we'll three, yeah. At we'll least have three. to see about that, yeah. yeah. Um, we'll have, maybe we'll play around with different show formats also. Definitely. So we'll be, we'll be experimenting a lot this season. Um, thank you for your patronage. Thank you for listening to us. Please continue to uh, engage with us on our social media. We'd love to hear yes, from you. Yes, please. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can follow us on TikTok. We follow, we we also put out book content book on content TikTok. there, but separately. Yeah. So it's yeah. Mariana Varela and Chat, like yeah. separate TikToks. My TikTok is at JetLuga10. What's yours? I think Mariana, Mariana G. Varela. Mariana G. Varela, yeah. So yeah. Um, we have individual book content on TikTok also. Yes. Yeah, so you can follow us on Instagram. We're at FictionFriendsPH. You can message us there for your your personal book reviews, your recommendations, or maybe you want to be a guest in the podcast. Just message us there. Yeah, we, we'd love to have know. you. And that does it for a review of The Song of Achilles. We'll be back next week for another episode. Uh, don't forget, we're Stay also tuned. publishing Cersei um, this week as well. So yeah, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, goodbye. Goodbye.